Let's talk about the model minority myth. Hi y'all, I'm Truk and I'm here today with Megan and Michelle and we're going to be talking about one of the most prominent issue within the Asian American and Pacific Islander community. As you all know, during this time, a lot of high school seniors are receiving their college acceptance letter. And that brings up the important problem of the model minority myth. So before we get started, what exactly is the model minority myth? So the model minority myth is a stereotype that typically umbrellas who we know as the Asian and Pacific Islander Americans, usually portraying them as passive people and very successful as well. Yeah, definitely. To add on, like this definition can be used to describe any particular group that's particularly successful in contrast to other minority group. And it can be applied to any group or any criteria, but it's most commonly used to describe the Asian American and Pacific Islander community because of um, a few key figure success in contemporary America. And uh, there has been a lot of examples and instances of this in everyday life, and at school, at work, and social life. Michelle, is there, has there been any time where you have been discriminated against or been treated differently with your academic performance or general performance because you're, you belong to the Asian American community? Yeah, I think we can see the model minority myth exhibited in like school environments a lot. I know when I was in school, there's like the common stereotype of tiger parents or the fact that Asian kids are really good at school. And honestly, this, um, this misconception can be very misleading because this is something we'll go into later in future episodes. But when you disaggregate the data, this conception that Asian Americans are all good at school is very misleading. The success rates of Asian Americans varies a lot by the individual ethnic groups within um, the category of Asians. So when you disaggregate the data and you break it down, it's not actually true that um, Asian Americans are all successful in school. And I think the problem with this is that it takes away from the Asian Americans who do need a lot of help in school and the ones that are struggling. And it's just like really sad to see that the stereotype is being used to generalize such a large category of people when it isn't necessarily an accurate representation of everyone. Yeah, I think that like definition of how um, people expect AAPI students to excel and be like well off um, by themselves, it kind of also feeds into other roles outside of our peers, such as our teachers. And from like one of my readings, I saw how um, the author was trying to show how this teacher or there was this interaction with a student and a teacher and the student got upset about the teacher talking about how his class was full of um, model minorities and that it was just an amazing class. And so the student um, himself being of 
the AAPI community. He was upset about that and he spoke up and the teacher told him to not ruin his stereotype because it was such a nice one. So it goes to show how there's like such high expectations for Asian and Pacific Islander Americans, but it can also be detrimental to our mental health and our just well-being overall. Yeah, honestly, that story kind of upsets me to hear because they make it seem like you should be thankful that you have such a good stereotype about you. Like, oh, it's a positive thing. You should be happy that people view you in that light. But it just, it makes it so much harder to speak out about it. And it pushes down a lot of people who actually do need help and people who don't fit into the stereotype. It doesn't give them the resources or the opportunity to speak out and like receive the support they need just because we're seen as a group of people who should be well off and already are doing, are so successful in America. So yeah, hearing that an educator tried to reinforce a stereotype like that is really upsetting to hear. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like all stereotypes out there, like the model minority myth, even though it's putting, it's deemed as a positive thing, it basically, in my opinion, erases any differences that individuals within the Asian American and Pacific Islander has we're like all good at different things you can be good at sports you can be good at doing business you can be good at school or you can be an artist you can be anything like we have different talents and skills within us and we're obviously very different from each other even if we're both um, studying the same thing in college for example so reducing the asian american pacific islander community to just people who are good at school it really does put a lot of um, pressure on students who, or on people who have different interests that might not be in academia, for example. Yeah, like adding on to how um, model minority met sees AAPI communities as people who generally go into being a doctor or just being a part, a bigger part of the STEM field rather than being artists or being like journalists kind of shows how how people define success in a linear scale even though it's very spread out and there's different um, definitions of success. I think I also read something else that touched upon that about how um, this they interviewed like 40 something Asian Americans about their experiences of being discriminated racially, whether it was blatant or internalized. And after, like usually after decompressing about their experiences, some people would usually be upset just because they had to, in a sense, relive those experiences. However, um, from their research and from these interviews, the people who were interviewed were actually relieved that they can go to someone to talk about their experiences because they've always had to internalize that these experiences even if they were trying to tell their parents because um, I think the authors one time she um, was being called these names and she didn't like being called these racist names and so 
she fought or she defended herself and her parents were upset at her for defending herself and so even though her reasoning was because like they were saying racist exclamations to her um her parents just told her to be quiet and to apologize for her actions rather than siding with her and seeing how this kind of plays out no matter what age or what person you are. Yeah, I think the sad thing about the model minority myth is like how easy it is to buy into it, like bringing up, bringing back the idea that people see it as advantageous to our populations or like a good thing for us. It just, I've seen so many people buy into the idea that yes, like we are the model minority and you should just go along with it. Like sometimes I see parents that will reinforce that idea and like tell their kids to strive to meet those expectations. But in the end, it just makes, um, we just end up living up to other people's expectations and reinforcing these stereotypes that aren't necessarily true. Like instead of buying into stereotypes, shouldn't we be working down to break, the, break down those myths and reestablish like our own name for ourselves? Yeah, um, I kind of remembered why I spoke in the first place, but um, like people see the model minority myth as something good, something positive, And it's like, why are you being so upset about this? Like, it's a good thing that we see you as like the better minorities. And it's kind of like, that's not really the point of it. It's just really that you're trying to group us or other us into this like community where it's like, oh, that's who you should be. But it's like that, like, as I said, like affect us personally, but people always say like, oh, you have it better than, for example, say African-Americans, like they are more targeted in America from what I've seen. And it's like, oh, you don't have it as bad. And it's like, maybe we do, but we just don't know that we do because people don't um, like really report on Asian American hate. As of recently, they have, but even before then, and probably even still now, that's not all of what has happened to us and what has happened to the community. So it's like our stories are being hushed or just minimized to where they don't want other people to care. Yeah, and to add on to what you just said, I think it goes a lot further than that like rather than being hushed like a lot of us have gotten used to those things and we don't we can't really distinguish like oh maybe it's just a joke maybe we they don't really mean it but in reality like those jokes aren't really jokes they're stereotype being put into action and being used to discriminate against certain groups certain people we're just so used to hearing it and no one's stopping those things from happening. It's normalized to a point now and we can't distinguish between jokes and discrimination or even hate. Recently, because we've been hearing more of Asian hate on the news, a lot of people have been more actively spoken about it and spreading awareness on social media but I'm sure it's a much bigger problem in reality than what's seen in the media. 
yeah um so kind of adding how there's like a lot of microaggressions with this like stereotype um it kind of like because people use the modern minority myth against us as asian americans or pacific islander americans as well um it also is used to divide us between other ethnic or minority groups um, for example other minority groups will look at us and say why are you so su successful or why are you putting so much pressure on us and it's like it's not something that we intended to do you know as um, Chinese immigrants and Korean and Japanese immigrants and Southeast Asian immigrants and like other Asian and Pacific Islander immigrants started coming into America, they kind of like did their own thing and um, more so white people saw it as what they saw. They saw us being like more hardworking or successful. I'm not saying that we are, but I'm saying that that's just what they saw. And they kind of use it against us to separate us into different groups. And like it causes tensions between other groups. For example, in 1991, the um, shooting in LA of um, Latasha Harland, which um, was probably one of the like igniters to the LA riots in the 1990s. So tensions between other minority groups is not something new, um, but the model minority myth definitely intensifies that like gap. I 100% agree. I think one of the most detrimental effects of the model minority myth is the way it pits minorities against each other. And it kind of turns us all into like an oppression Olympics, but that's like not the issue here. It shouldn't be us fighting against each other. Like you see a lot of movements lately with BLM and Stop Asian Hate. And it seems like everyone's arguing about how they compare to each other, but this shouldn't be about like comparing each other. It should be about like fighting for rights for everyone because they all deserve it. And yeah, I think model minority myth in its essence is comparing the Asian Americans to other minorities, right? I think we should stray away from comparing each other, but rather just focus on all pushing each other forward and working on bringing everyone up. Yeah, I definitely don't think that racism is just, you know, towards one group. It's definitely for, like, it affects everyone of all, like, people of color. It makes us, like, alienated and just, like, it makes us into different communities where it's, like, too groups that can't really merge and people don't really like seeing that it's like how people don't support interracial relationships and that's kind of seen as like forbidden or taboo yet it's something normal it's something natural from what I personally think yeah so now that we have point out the problem like the more important issue is what can we do from here how can we stop it and I know like in within schools, there are club, there are organization, space that student can join, be with those 
from the same ethnic group and discuss topics like the model minority myth like we're doing right now? Yeah, I think one of the main goals of our podcast was to spark discussion because when we look at the Asian American community, a lot of these topics aren't discussed enough because like when we look at the model minority myth, like it makes it seem like we shouldn't be speaking out on things like this. But our goal is to get people talking and to get people thinking. We want to encourage discourse and encourage people to speak out on these things, especially when it can be difficult to. Yeah, like how I touched up earlier about how Asian American like hate is not always really talked about, whether it's with your friends or your family or even just in the community. I think it's really good to have these conversations and really have that awareness because it's not something new and it's really not something that we should internalize for the rest of our lives. It's something that we need to talk about so that future generations can learn about but not experience. And so that way there's more of a sense of understanding. And yeah, as Joe mentioned earlier, on our campus at UCLA, since we're all students there, I was really surprised when I came to school that there are a lot of resources for students to get involved in topics like this. For example, um, I'm Vietnamese American. So we have a Southeast Asian space on our, our campus. And I think it's a great way that I was able to learn more about the model minority myth and what I can do about it. Because one statistic that, that I've learned in this space is that Southeast Asians have a lower retention rate than other of their Asian counterparts. So we have a club on campus called C-Clear, which works to increase Southeast Asian retention rates. And I think it's just really great to see a lot of work being done in this field to break down these myths and help to bolster groups that actually do need support and that aren't being recognized because of things like the model minority myth. Yeah, so being a part of C-Clear space as well with Michelle and Joke, um, we have a lot of different programs such as like HSC, which is a high school conference and CMIT, which is um, like an admission event that we host to help with Southeast Asian retention for higher education. So yeah, we definitely have a bunch of different programs that provide spaces for students to be a part of and to talk about things such as the model minority myth or talk about things such as um, how they're having issues as an Asian American or Pacific Islander, um, and especially in current events of the rise in attention of Asian American hate. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just such a great resource for students to go to. Um, as I was helping organize the event, I read through a lot of the students' applications, and you see that a lot of the students that apply to our programs, they're first-generation college students or they're low-income. And these are statistics you don't really associate with Asian Americans because of things like the model minority myth. And a lot of them were thanking us because they were like, I've never really had the support like this before. 
I've never had a program just for me because no one really looks out for these people, but a lot of them do need the support. So I think it's just really great to see programs like this and ways for students to, to know that like higher education is a place for you. And um, there are people out there who are willing to help you access these resources. Yeah, I can talk about my personal experience, but I am first-generation low-income family and I literally knew nothing about college, even though my brother went to college, he never really, we never really had a relationship to discuss it. Um, but when I was choosing colleges, I literally did not do it. Um, I did not do like an educated re research about it, I guess. Um, so literally my research to going to college was how close is it to the beach? Cause I love the beach. But um, I think after some more thoughtful decisions during my senior year of college, one of the, um, one of my closer friends who I admire and also look up to, he said that he was going to UCLA and I reconsidered and I thought that was a great um, decision as well. So I decided that I would go to UCLA. It's actually been two years since the day that I accepted to go into UCLA. Um, so yeah, I'm very grateful that I had such a great friend to look up to in order to be a part of this like great space. And I'm not trying to like toot UCLA's horn, but I'm just saying that I'm grateful that I had like an indirect form of guidance to help me make these decisions as someone who is not really educated in college or the college experience or anything like that. And as a part of the Sea Clear Spaces that we have, there's also peer counseling and that's how I got more involved. I was very shy, it was very something, it was something very new to me because UCLA is a big school and there's a lot of different people. And from what I saw, there were always people that knew other people already. So I felt like, I, in a sense, I felt like a loner, but it's okay. Um, I, so then I became a part of CCLAIR through peer counseling and my peer counselor really helped me settle into UCLA better and gave me a lot of advice and helped me be a part of the spaces um, to an extent that I was comfortable. And yeah, it's why I'm more involved now than I've been before. And it's just something I really admire because I, want to help people that were like myself and didn't know about these opportunities and these different programs that we have because I'm still learning today about new resources that UCLA has to provide. So it's definitely still a learning experience, but I also wanna pass that on to other, um, I don't wanna say generations, but other like students. Dude, Megan, that makes me so happy to hear. Yeah, like a lot of the organization on campus, I think our goal of creating this podcast is just to open up the conversation. And for those of you who are interested in UCLA, <laughs> we can also open up, you know, the information of how we were able to be involved and get to learn more about our identity 
and things like the model minority myth. Like I know for me personally, it's definitely not something I was familiar with until I joined VSU and learned more through my internship with VSU. So because of VSU, now I'm doing this project and I'm just trying to open up this conversation for many people in the Asian American and Pacific Islander community who are not given the opportunity to hear about these things or talked about these things. So we're just really here to start the conversation and y'all can finish with your own thoughts. But yeah, this was just a very general overview and there are so many different aspects to the model minority myth that we can't go into all of them. But in our next episode, we will be going more in depth into one aspect of it, which is affirmative action and data disaggregation in the Asian American community. So be on the lookout for that episode and we look forward to seeing you again. Talk to you later. Bye.